Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. We're broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber, as we've been doing each Monday. We will begin the show talking with UL head baseball coach Matt Deggs. Did you survive the weekend? That was a little crazy for me, I got to tell you. Well, it was a lot better, Kevin, than uh, two years ago when we went over there and I think stayed four or five days, didn't play until Sunday, and then had to play on Monday, I believe. Oh, yes, and, that uh, was a lot better than that. Yes, sir. This was kind of three games condensed into 48 hours and, and uh, culmination of a lot of games in a short amount of time for us. Uh, we've had two back-to-back uh, five-game weeks and I uh, thought we handled it pretty well. Uh, I'd like to have that first game back, most certainly, but that's baseball. Uh, I think the sign of a really good team is what they do after that. and uh, I think you saw what happened, so... All right, so the the, the, the the scariest part is I'm I'm thinking on Friday night as I'm watching the elite evaporate late and you know, you have a bad bullpen game and then you're looking at a double header the next day. So what what was the bullpen over eighteen innings there the next day your big like what, was that the biggest concern after that loss or I, what were you thinking then? Yeah, we went you know, going in. Uh, coming off uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, going in, I, I'd spoken to somebody either on the radio. I can't remember who it was, but I had I, said we need a great start. Uh, we need, Jake needs to stay out there for a while. And uh, so I definitely uh, was caused to lose a little sleep Friday night, uh, no doubt about it, knowing that, that it's a trick, right? So South Al had lost. I don't know how many games in a row, but they're a good team, and uh, they've just been scuffling. And so you get a huge come-from-behind win like that, you're going to have a ton of momentum, and now they got their confidence back. And uh, so there's only one thing that stops momentum, and that's that's good pitching. And we got that Saturday out of, out of Jackson Nezu. So, well, I was going to do that later, but since you brought him up, so like – you know, he, he's really pitching like an ace in his last three starts. So, like, it, was it really – is it just all confidence and getting comfortable for him? I think it's a combination of that for sure. That's number one. But number two is there's a lot of ability there, Kevin. And uh, there's a ton of talent and potential. And, and you're starting to see some of that come to fruition. Uh just realizing who he is and what he's what he's capable of doing, and now he's riding that lightning of confidence, and uh, and it's all led by the fastball. When he gets on top of the fastball and tries to drive it down below Jew's glove, it's a really really good pitch. It's a plus pitch, and uh, he had that going Saturday. I thought Game Three was like the perfect game. Um, by what you try to teach and preach and do, I mean, you know, when you, anytime the team I'm pulling for, um, you know, scores 22 runs and gets 18 hits, I'm like, oh, I don't really like. 
like that. But the way to get around, typically you're not going to get a, you're not going to do a lot of hitting the next day in the next game. And, and, and y'all didn't do that much hitting, but what you did was draw a bunch of walks, get hit, steal a bunch of bases, and create things without having to increase your batting average, any. And I thought y'all did a great job of that in game three. You're exactly right, and that's what these boys have done a great job of really all year. Uh, with the batting average hovering around 300, and it's it's ebbed and flowed, we really don't have to count on hits. And, uh, you know, the ability to reach base via the walk and the job that Coach Wells and Coach LaFleur have done with these guys really working to understand and dominate the strike zone has been a huge difference maker for us. So we came into the season – as well as we did a year ago, our on-base percentage a year ago was like 350-something. And our goal was 400 uh, coming into the season, and I think we got that up over 410. Uh, we're almost even strikeouts to walks, and um, and I know we're over that uh, when you combine strikeouts uh, to walks and hit-by-pitches for, for conference for sure. And we're pretty close uh, when you combine strikeouts, walks, uh, hit by pitch and opponents' errors, we are we are definitely in the positive there offensively. And so when we do reach base, now the name kind of precedes us and and our reputation, and they become worried about the running game. And uh, you know, then at that point, you just want to give them what they want. And uh, we were able to steal a bunch of bases and and execute a squeeze. And 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 then we did drive some balls. The biggest thing I thought we were able to do over the course of the entire weekend in the field and uh we did that and did it a lot you know i never thought of eddie stinky field as like this popcorn park but man both offenses were on fire for the most of the weekend no i you know i have a long history there i played pro ball there and and uh it was the best i've ever seen uh the conditions it wasn't generally you'll get you know a southeast wind which is right field foul pole to left field foul pole so the whole field's not in play but it's a right-handed dominant game right and most most hitters are right-handed most pitchers are right-handed and when you line up uh you know the majority of your lineups right-handed and the wind's blowing out to right center and it's really blowing out uh that locks you into a really good middle-of-the-field approach. Uh, you don't have to try to pull or spin off or anything like that. Just hit through the dish and release extension. And uh, we were trying to get the ball in the air all day, and I thought the boys did a good job of that. Man, you know, I, I've been – I covered Cajun baseball in the in the 80s and in, in the first half of the 90s. And, you know, you, you pull – if you're pulling for the program, you pull for everyone. But, I, you know – it's hard to imagine having a player that you appreciate covering as a media member more than how good he is and how he handles himself and who he is to Julian Brock. What a what an incredible weekend he had. What a, just what an incredible time at UL that he's had, honestly. And uh, you know, it's not just him; it's his mom, it's his dad, it's his brothers, and uh, you know this is a kid that's come from just the bottom of the heat pile. Right. And, uh, you know, I've, I've told you before, his style of catching was to go pick it up off the backstop. I didn't know that he would ever catch here, honestly. And, uh, he worked and worked and he sat behind two really good catchers and Toro and Osborne and, uh, kept going off to play summer ball. And, 
always worked with a smile on his face. You knew the bat was a tool, uh, but had never really shown power. And, uh, you know, it, it clicked. And when a hitter clicks, it's like riding a bike. You'll never forget it. And it usually happens for guys that, that have ability at 24, 25, 26 years old. Uh, but it shows you how clean and how efficient his bat path is, which is it's an in-to-out bat path that always stays connected. And so Julian and, and, and Roby, Robichaux, have the ability to see the ball longer than anybody on our team, and that's why you don't see a lot of chases out of them. Very, very impressive. Again, we're speaking with UL head baseball coach Matt Deggs. Is it possible that the most important thing that happened this weekend moving forward is the three and a third innings that Ben Tate pitched. Woo! Uh, you know, I thought we had a few heroes step up this week, and Moody against uh, against uh, Stila on Wednesday, uh, you know, coming out with the stuff that he showed, that gets contagious out of the bullpen. Uh, Cooper Rawls continuing to do his thing. Nezu start. Uh, John Taylor off the bench for DeBarge. And then, man, Ben Tate, would to throw four like that, scoreless. And, and uh, you know, I think the eighth was the first time we hadn't allowed a runner all weekend. And, and uh, to know where he's come from as well, you know. It's a great arm, uh, but he's had his struggles for sure, and not just here, uh, but kind of at every stop. And I think he's found a home. He's comfortable. Uh, these boys love him, and, and uh, they they motivate him. They stand by him, and, and everybody believes in him. And I think you're seeing the fruits of that. So you mentioned John Taylor. What did he have, a triple and a homer? And, um, you know, early on you talked about him, and he kind of got off to a slow start. But, I mean, he's – you want to talk about contagious. I mean, he's, he's uh, really kind of lifted you all up a little bit. John Taylor plays his butt off. And uh, it's it's a Pete Rose style game, man. And and uh, you know that's probably the spark that 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 turned the entire weekend. Because coming off of Friday night, let's just be honest. There's going to be a hangover effect. I don't care who you are. And uh, then to have arguably arguably your best player uh, get hit in the hand, and he tries to stay in, and then he just can't. It's uh, he can't move his hand, and so, I mean, talk about a, a blow, uh, and then Taylor comes in and hits that huge two-run jack, and then a three-run or a two-run triple. Uh, what a spark he was in that in that second game. And to be clear, Kyle returned and he's fine, correct? He returned, and and uh, I hope and pray that he's fine. Uh, I haven't seen him today, and I didn't talk to him yesterday. So I'm assuming he is, uh, but it's still scary. You know, look at Jeff Bagwell a couple of times in the late '90s, early 2000s. Your best player gets hit on the back of the hand right there. That's it's a dangerous proposition. And uh, then you know he's so tough to say that he can't move it, and it was probably just a swelling and and where it got him. And uh, Brian, our trainer, jumped on it and did a tremendous job and. Uh, taped him up for game two, and I'm sure he was in a lot of pain, but we needed him out there. All right, so through two weekends, and we you know, we knew going in how, how many good teams there were in this conference, how good the conference race was expected to be. I'm a little surprised that no one, because ODU had been flying pretty high, no one is undefeated. Of course, you should say, well, we should be undefeated, and I, I concur, but 
Uh, no one is undefeated through two weekends. Well, it probably speaks to, you know, the how strong this league is this year and years moving forward. Uh, and nobody's going to go undefeated in this league more than likely. And, and you know, I don't know that anybody's undefeated in the SEC or ACC. There might be, but I don't know. I don't keep up with them. It just – there's not a very uh, big separator, I guess, is what I'm saying, Kev, from the top to the bottom. And, uh, you know, that speaks to, to the quality of baseball in this league. You play at this weekend, at one game three of their series yesterday, 15 to 14. Coach, I yeah. just, I'm just not good at those kind of games. <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I like seven to yeah. two and five to one. And, whew. Where was that? At app. Yeah, you know, that park can get offensive if you catch the right weather. Uh, and they've put up some runs this year. Yes. And uh, they, you know, they they had a, a good-looking group of hitters a year ago. Uh, we were able to fortunately win a series, and, and uh, you know, they but they played us tough. And so they're going to have a pretty good RPI coming in here. It'll be a huge weekend for us. All right, Coach. Well, we appreciate your time as always. Congratulations on a road series win, and good luck this weekend. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Have a great day. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back, or kind of welcome into Footnotes. On this Monday, again, the game hotline is 337-706-0111. Unbelievable amounts to talk about. We are down to the final four on the men's side, almost down to the final four on the women's side. Uh, we had a little controversy at the NCAA tournament in the uh, lead eight game yesterday and continues a theme that I've been arguing I've been a pet peeve of mine for decades and I'm 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 actually encouraged because I think people are fine I think more people are finally getting it usually takes people a while to get what I go on soapboxes about and pitch a fit about um um, it, it, it's, it's, it usually takes a while and I think they're finally getting it. And the thing that I've been trying to get so many people to stop believing is that the purpose of officials, whether they're umpires or referees or whatever, you're calling them based on the sport you're playing. That so many people like, if you get the call right, then that's the end of the story. No, the purpose of officials is not to enforce the rule book. The purpose of officiating is to ensure fair play for both teams. The rule book is just a guide to doing that. It's the foundation to achieving that purpose. But that you're you're not there to enforce the rule book. It's kind of like 
And look, I don't don't look at me. I'm not the biggest man. I love the American justice system person. Uh, there's many things about it that frustrate me. But if you look at it, there's the law, and then judges interpret the law. That's what officials do. You 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 do it based on you you know you everything is not. This, then this, this, then this. You, you, you got to interpret things. You got to, it's about ensuring fair play for both teams. And just like we had in the Super Bowl, where you let people play for three quarters or three and quarters and seven eighths, you can't then all of a sudden do an about face. It doesn't matter if it's a good call according to the rule book. It only matters whether it's a good call based on the rest of the game. And again, I've been com- I've been complaining about this for decades. And for years, oh, you're just being bit. Oh, it's a good call. What are you complaining about? No, that's not the way it's supposed to work. And so I love a lot of the commentary. Some people still don't get it. But I love a lot of the commentary around the end of the Super Bowl. And I love, I don't love that it happened. I mean, I don't have any, look, I don't, I don't have any likes or dislikes. I mean, I, you know, like they say, I don't have a dog. San Diego State, uh, I was not surprised they won to get here, by the way. I, I was not surprised by, by that at all because they play defense. Um, And they have enough offense. And I'm not, and I, you know, I don't like or dislike Creighton or like or dislike San Diego State. It has nothing to do with the two teams. You cannot do what took place at the end of that game. And that was awful. I mean, just awful. And I hate that there has to be a guinea pig, but hopefully the more these people start to understand what the purpose of officiating is. And there are millions of people out there that still think it's to enforce the rule book, and that is not what it's for. Not the purpose of officiating. It's to ensure fair play. That's number one. I mean, I guess you could say the safety of the, but I mean, they play a role in that, but it's to, but that's all safety is part of fair play. Like it's to ensure that both teams have an equal chance to win the game. That's the purpose of officiating. And, and based on the, on, on, on the rules and hopefully people are starting to get it. And I think because of these incidents now, some are starting to get it. I mean, it took me decades of, angst and hopefully some people are starting to figure it out all right let's go to the game hotline hello well i didn't have really too much of a problem with the way the game ended but i mean it was a foul you gotta call it throughout no. the game consistently yeah, so i agree, we'll agree on that you yes. know and they call them and call a foul or whatever but you call them in a certain part of the game right there it's kind of tough on the other team you know so at like you said, they kind of decide the game. But, Kevin, Kevin, let me tell you what. You know what makes me mad, for real, about college basketball? is only one thing, and I love college basketball. You know what it is. I love it. But the thing that drives me crazy, they got to stop rewarding the team the ball that don't earn it. They got to stop. But that makes me so sick. I'm, I'm so sick of that. They got to fix that dumb jump ball rule stuff. They got to fix that. That's a bunch of trash. They got to stop giving the ball to a team just because they put their hand on it. 
You know, come on, man. Come on. That's okay, so trash. what would you do in that situation? How would you change the rule? What would you do? What do you mean what, what, what you do? Exactly what you do, Kevin Foot, you do like men in the NBA. You line them up in the middle and let them jump it. Yeah, but they don't know and how to throw the ball, the ball up. They don't know how to throw the ball up. That, then, and you're that just rewarding a taller player is my point in that situation. You just What if a guard ties up a center? It's, the center's going to win the jump ball just because they a foot taller. Not really. Not really. In the NBA, you see it all the time. You see small players or whatever and stuff against a big guy. It's all about the timing of the jump. That don't mean because you're taller, you go win. I, 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 you know? I, don't, I don't think you know? the jump I mean, ball is, is very – I just don't like the jump ball. I, I, I'm not saying I disagree with your original premise 100%, but I don't like the jump ball. But Kevin, I, how you going to get the ball? You can't give the ball to a team because you put the hand on it, man. I mean, that, that's crazy. Come on. because Okay, I got the ball – I got the ball, and you come diving on me. You foul me, but okay. They ain't going to call it a foul, but you're going to call it a jump ball because you tied me up with the ball in my hand. Come on now. Stop that, Kevin. Stop that. Well, that, that, a dumb, lot of man. times they do call a foul in that situation. When? when oh, not, I've seen it a lot often, this season. I, I, I saw I mean, fouls yeah, a lot. They do call a foul, but I didn't see many a time guys got possession of the ball, and a guy come flying out the stands, basically, land on him and everything, and they call it a jump ball. Really? Come on, man. They got to fix that. Stop giving the ball to the doggone team that don't earn the ball. You got to take the ball from the team or whatever. But you can't just come up to me, put your hand around it with both our hands on it. Now we got four hands on it. Okay, they get the ball. It's their turn to have it. Possession arrow says their turn. No. You line them up in the middle and you make them jump for it. I don't care if it's a six foot and a six, I mean a seven foot and a six two. You make them jump. Simple as that, the way they do it in the pros. You got to fix that, Kelvin. The same way you cry about that rule with the ball fumbling out the back of the end zone. Well, that's that's way worse rule than that's this. That's almost the same thing because you're giving the, the ball to the other team that didn't earn the ball. That's the same thing. But same but, thing. but at they some point, that, the, 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 the team that you the think ball is getting the team that don't earn it. But Ronnie, the team that you at some point that the team that you're thinking is getting a raw deal here had to do something wrong, or why is the ball tied up, Kevin? You're still missing the boat, Kevin. You're missing the boat. If I earn the ball, I go get it. But just because I put my hand on it and you have the ball and I go up to you and I grab the ball, put my hand on it, I didn't take it from you. I'm just touching it. I'm touching the ball. I didn't take it from you out your hands. If I take it, I earned it. I touched it. That don't mean I'm supposed to get it because I touched it. That ain't earning nothing. Come on, Kevin, you know this. You're a rule guy. You know that's a dumb rule. They got to fix that. That's the only thing I cry about college basketball. Not that drives me nuts. I've been complaining about this, and the other day I was fussing about it with somebody on the phone. They said, "Man, I totally agree. I've been, uh, I've been saying that they got to get rid of that." I mean, you, I mean, you can't just let a team just come touch the ball and you give them the ball because the possession arrow say it's their turn. Now, now, really? now, how about when you're going up for a shot and a guy blocks you and they call a jump ball? You're good with that. That's a good defensive play. Yeah, but th- th- that's th- that's going up for a shot though, and everything, and you block it, and whatever. Now, that also can be a foul, or it's just a clean block. But you can't call a jump ball on a block shot if he blocked the shot. Well, and they the, do the that ball a lot. Goes. They call jump balls. I mean, yeah, I mean that that's crazy, man. They got to get that right, man. All these people, that all this money, and all these associate geniuses. They do dumb things every day, and they got to get that right. The anticipated and one 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 is the worst thing about basketball to me.
The absolute worst thing about basketball is the anticipated and one. I can live it with you. That too. That too. I, I mean, hate that too. the anticipated yeah, I mean, and that one. That too. That's all a bunch of junk. That's but awful. like I said, yeah, that, that's junk too, but it's not more junk than that's the worst I'm, thing. I'm coming up to you, Kevin, and you got the basketball. All right. I, I, okay. I hope you and took I, your blood pressure medicine this morning. I put my hand on it. Whistleblow, possessing arrow. Okay. Ronnie gets okay. it. Okay. Ronnie gets it. He didn't even earn it. <laughs> okay. That's why I go fishing, man. I I'm, I'm tired of that, man. <laughs> Take care. I, I, I get his point in some instances, but sometimes it gets tied up and there's this big melee just because you were sloppy with the basketball. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, look, I, I agree with Rockefeller a lot. I don't agree today. I like the alternating possession. I hate the jump ball in the NBA because, again, and he's saying, yeah, I guess it's possible for the 6-2 guy to win, but I just think – you know, it's bo- it's supposed to be. I make a great defensive play with a guard coming in on a center, but since it's Anthony Davis and he's now jumping against Jose Alvarado, he's not going to win the jump ball, even though he. Now sometimes they win the ball and hit it to the wrong person. Yeah, occasionally, but yeah. I I think it's actually more fair to say you're tied up. It's okay. Whoever got the last one will switch it over. Now where I will say I think he's onto something there. I think they call jump balls too quickly in college basketball. Sometimes a guy's got the ball. And a guy kind of has a hand on it for, I mean, a half second, and he's pulling. He's still got possession. Now, I understand they don't want people to start swinging elbows and getting hurt, but occasionally I think they, they're a little too quick to call the jump ball. But I do. I think alternating possession is a way better way to decide who gets it than a jump ball. I'm, I'm willing to listen. But, um, like, the, the thing that I'm upset about that um, one, of the, one of the big national guys, I can't remember who it is, has a passion about it just like I do. The rule of the ball goes to the right of the pylon or the left of the pylon and the other team gets it on the That is the dumbest rule in sports. Like, they really need to get rid of that. So that one I'm really passionate about. This one, I understand his point, but I've never really been close to that passionate about it. I don't, I don't have a I – I much prefer that than Aiden the runner. That's a, They got to stop. Cajuns beat Aiden Georgia Southern on a uh, fumble through the end zone one time a couple of years ago. Wouldn't yeah. have won that game without it. Nate Man. Snyder's uh, 53-yard field goal game. Still awful. Awful rule. <laughs> Awful rule. Awful. I mean, sometimes it works in my favor, yeah, and I appreciate that the result. But the, you know, I'm not. I don't know. I like it. I I think you should. You should, if you fumble out the end zone, tough luck. Oh no! Try that, again that next is, time. Well, then 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 the other. If you fumble at the one, then you should get it at the twenty-two. Then, by that logic, I mean that's just the dumbest thing ever. All right, we'll take a timeout. We got plenty more to unpack here on this Monday. We'll be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Footnotes. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. The game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111. We've got UL baseball, LSU baseball, UL softball, the Final Four. We're getting ranching closer to being about a month away from the NFL draft. We'll be getting to that at some point as well. And we got the NBA, just unbelievable amounts of stuff going on. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. So, I 
don't watch a lot of women's college basketball, but I decided to tune in yesterday. I don't watch it because at times it can be brutal. And my question is, how can two games in the same sport back-to-back be so different? Because one, some teams play defense and other teams are offensive game. And the, the offensive game is a lot more fun for fans to watch, especially if their heart's not in it and they're just watching a, a game. I mean, it's just different. Well, you know what? The LSU-Miami game, I'm going to go over some numbers here. They scored a total of 96 points combined. Iowa scored 97 points. By themselves, one more point than the entire LSU-Miami game. Caitlin Clark had 41 points. That's one point less than the entire Miami team scored against LSU. And when you have a coach and Kim Mulkey say that, if I was watching this game, I'd turn it off, you know that had to be bad basketball. No, I I, I get what you're saying, but something tells me that if – Iowa was playing LSU, they wouldn't have scored 90-something points. Oh, I, I, I agree with that. I, I totally agree. But I don't know, man. Like I said, I don't watch women's basketball because sometimes it can be brutal. Watching that first game reminded me of why I don't watch it. Um, the two teams combined to go one of 27 from three-point range. No, that's so fair. No, I, I get it. And then, look, I didn't see the San Diego State-Creighton game, but that probably wasn't a highly entertaining game in terms of if you want great offense either. It was 57-56 because, uh, you know, more defensive teams going out. A lot of it just has to do with the style of, of play for sure. You know, Kevin, I didn't watch that game, but I saw how it ended, and I'm going, you've got to be kidding yeah, me. That's it awful. reminded me of a um, – uh, a high school game at the Cajun Dome when the Cajun Dome held it, and there was like a, a half a second left. A guy went up for a shot, and the and the and the ref called a foul. Do you remember that? Yeah, Shaw Sean Ellender, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that just made me. Yeah, sick. I don't. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I agree. That call yesterday was kind of like the call in the Super Bowl. It just ruined the game. Yes, I didn't watch it. I guess I'm kind of glad I did. But I just wanted to point out that you have two teams that are playing that, you know, couldn't throw a beach ball into the ocean, and then you had a next game where the play was just fantastic. And I'm thinking, you know what, the first, two, the first game was comprised of players on both teams who were more athletes than they are basketball players, and the last game was com- the teams were comprised more of true basketball players. I'll tell you what, Caitlin Clark, she had some passes in there. Uh, you know, I, I, maybe I'm going a little bit too far with this, but she kind of reminded me of Pete Maravich. Some no-look passes, I think. There were something like 80 points that were scored that she either scored or had given an assist. It was just – she was off the charts. No, I've I, – again, I've heard nothing but good about things about her. I did not watch the game, and uh, she's obviously a fabulous player. And, again – you know, we'll see what happens when they play one another. I mean, uh, you know, look, I, I, LSU probably should have lost to Utah. The girl just choked at the free throw line, which is going to happen when all got pressure on you. But, uh, but you know, again, it, it, the defensive team is not as much fun to watch. There's just no question about it. Well, I, you know, again, I'm going to quote Kim Mulkey. Uh, 
she said that at the beginning of the year, South Carolina was great. They were probably going to win it all. I thought the same thing. But I don't know, man. I, I, I think Iowa might have a shot against them. Well, that'll be a fun game to watch for sure. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello, sir. Yeah, Kevin. Um, Yeah, I watched some of the ladies' games, and exactly what you said. Sometimes, you know, it it is what it is. Some teams play defense and some don't. I watched that Iowa game. There wasn't much defense being played in that game, okay? The LSU game, on the other hand, they were playing defense. And you muck up a game when you play defense. It it, it, it happens. Yes. You know, and and in the men's on the men's side, there was some brutal basketball being played on the men's side. So let's not just try and throw the ladies under the bus, okay? Um, and I'm not saying that for you, Kevin, okay? <laughs> and if you look at it, the teams that are playing defense on the ladies' side, LSU, South Carolina, they're there, and they've both got a really good chance at winning it all. No, plain and simple. And look, there. Were, I, I again, some of the men's games were good. I didn't see a lot of it, but I saw some of it. And some of it, you know, the the, the Texas game was an interesting game. I, I've been kind of thinking Miami was going to be a team to watch because they just, I don't know, just something about that coach. He just like, seemed like a a cool guy to me. And I, I, I they've been their uniforms are hideous, but I, I like the way they play. And man, the cat from Arkansas State, Omir. I mean, he he is. He is a. I mean, I thought he was a fabulous player when he was playing in the Sun Belt, and he's made a huge impact on Miami. Now, the Texas coach, I saw a headline yesterday, and I didn't read read the story, but I just saw the headline that he was um, appointed the permanent coaching position for Texas. Well, so there's, apparently I, he was the interim coach. So, what was that situation there? How did he? When did he become the interim coach, and why did they take until oh? Well, you did a good job as the interim. We'll give you the head coaching position. Well, the the, the head coach, Chris Beard, er, I don't know, early December maybe, somewhere right in there, he got in a, involved in a domestic violence situation and got charged and the school dismissed him. And so his top assistant became the head coach. So I don't think – I don't – Texas is getting all this criticism. I don't think it's that out of the out of line to wait to the end of the year. You play out the year and you decide if he's if you're going to lift the interim thing. I don't know why everybody's getting so critical about that. I mean, it happened in December. It's not like, and so they and so yeah. All the I don't know that is it official yet. Have they officially announced? Because all the speculation yeah, is it, that he's going to be. They're going to uh, lift the interim they, tag. Yes, like they, they put him as the official head yeah. coach. Uh, I, I don't think that's out yeah. of line. You know, because I'm like, oh shoot, he did all this before the um, the tournament, and I, and I'm just saying that I would think that, hey, look, give me that position before we did what we did in the um, tournament. That's all I'm saying. You know, and oh, we and, did and well, again, we don't know because I'm sure they were communicating. It's possible that the AD and him met, and he goes, and he just said, look, let's worry about the season, and then we'll after this. I mean, we don't know what what was going on behind closed doors, but it sounds like he's getting a job, so it's good. Well, but back to the latest games. Um, look, I've said it this for this season and maybe the last few seasons, you you have more women as far as stars in the women's game than you do in the men's college basketball game now. 
if you really, if you think about it, you've got the young lady at LSU, you've got the young lady at South Carolina, you've got Caitlin Clark, and and a few more. But in the men's game, who stands out? in men's college basketball. Uh, I, I don't know that really there are any stars out. to that level. That's a fair statement. Yeah, that's a fair statement. You know, um, so I'm like, the more eyes on the latest game, which apparently the numbers are going through the roof this particular tournament, which is great, and the more eyes, the better. And come on, we, you know, a lot of guys say, I can't watch the game because it's brutal. It's women are, they haven't noticed, women are physically different than men. You cannot watch a woman's game and expect it to be similar to a man's game. I don't see how people don't get this. <laughs> well, a lot of people, a lot of people in society hadn't figured all that out yet. But anyway, I, I, but, but Kevin, you know what I'm saying. And you know no, I, 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 I get it. No, I get it. Fair statement. Good talking to you again. Have a good one. Take care. We'll take a time out and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Go subscribe to the game's YouTube channel at the game Louisiana. That way you can check out the latest original videos and more shenanigans from the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Well, good morning, Kevin. How are you, sir? Well, I'm all right, Kevin. I, uh, uh, you know, I, I had a great weekend. and Tigers came back strong on Saturday. And, uh, you know, it was enjoyable. Yeah, I just wanted to call in, Kevin, and uh, and, and and talk about the to the whistle swallowing group. Uh, like Kevin, let me preface this by saying, and you know me for a long time, you've seen me at in action. I'm no referee lover, you know. I, I've been known to chase a referee or two, or or get in an umpire stage, or and, but I, I just I'm trying to figure out this whistle swallowing guideline that you all want these guys and ladies or whoever's called to have. Okay, so you will come down on the side and say, "Oh yeah, well yeah, that was a foul, yeah." Like Super Bowl. Now listen, Super Bowl. I can more readily accept your argument about the Super Bowl call, but that thing yesterday—that's just silly. That's silly. Listen, it, it, you know, say stuff like, oh, I want to see the game played out. That's the game, people. That's the game. I, you I can't agree. A man when he's taking a game-winning shot, you alter, you put your left hand clearly on him, forcing him, pushing him out, out of the path of his shot. And y'all say, oh, yeah, foul. But, man. With 1.2, so what's the time frame when y'all want to cut off? 30 seconds? What if it was the problem, but, but but this is what you're missing, Manny. With 10 no, minutes and I, with 10 minutes and 47 it. seconds, they weren't calling that foul. With it's 18 minutes to go in the first yeah, half, they weren't calling that foul. The they call that's a foul. Now, no. Do they call every foul that occurs? Of course not. Like they don't call every penalty. 
I mean, that's a foul. That's the game. The no. man's taking the game winning shot. So how hard would he need to foul? You want him to hack him across the arm? You want him to he would have to he would that's have a, to foul him the same kid. amount that he didn't foul <sighs> yeah, him. That it required earlier in the game. Understand, Manny? They said it in the in the Texas game in the Texas Miami game, Manny. In the Texas Miami game, they called thirty seven fouls. The other games they 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 had like thirty three fouls. In this game, there was only twenty two fouls. They only shot seventeen free throws. They let them play. Yeah, I know, but Kevin. So it did cause some fouls, right? There were some fouls in the game. And you're saying this was a foul, but I mean that's not a that's not it a was it was a, no it, was a it was a borderline foul. There was zero fouls called and then oh he called the one foul in the game that that was a tiki tack. I mean, sure there may have been some hacks, but I guarantee you there was a tiki tack call somewhere. And I mean I just don't. I think there weren't many. It was a game where they let them play, so you have to play it out. You you just can't make that call. It's awful. It's played out. They they call a foul. The man made the free throws. Like LSU game, they call a foul. They in the girls and the girl from uh, where uh, from Utah. uh, Yeah, she airballed it. Yeah, it played out. It's played out. But no, that no, the officials played it out. The players didn't play it out. The official did. I'm thinking it's very. Y'all, y'all, you just walk in such a fine line. Uh, uh, Manny, you're uh, you're an ex-baseball coach. It's the exact same thing as for for eight innings, we've been been calling the ball, calling the strikes the certain way, and then the ninth inning with the bases loaded, now you want to call this pitch, you ain't called for eight innings. It's a bad Uh, call. I think I think there were some. There had to be a tiki tack or here somewhere. I mean, this and this is a, a, a. To me, it was a. It was a clear foul. I no. mean, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a hack, or, but it was. It definitely altered the man's shot. I mean, it, it, you know, it should be called. We, I think mean, it uh, should be called. You and I. You and I court. agree on most things, Manny. We're not going to agree on this. Okay, listen, listen, Kevin. That's why we. You know that's why we live in this wonderful country. <laughs> yeah. It is amazing that we able we able to do this and have such a wonderful job. All right, gentlemen, thank you. All right, take care. But you know he brought up it. What happened with LSU this weekend is such a baseball thing to happen. It's just I, I, in one hand it can infuriate you. On the other hand, it, it's just it's baseball. And that's why when people say, oh, so-and-so's got no, it's just, look, LSU might have the best pitcher in the country. They just won two out of three at home, and the game they lost is when their ace pitcher pitched, and the two games that they won, their ace pitcher didn't pitch. I mean, that's just such a baseball thing to to happen. Uh, You know, I I just, you almost, sometimes I just chuckle when that stuff happens because it just defies all the analysis. I even don't really I mean I understand what it means and I and and a lot of times it's accurate. But I don't even like the the old baseball cliche momentum is tomorrow's starting pitcher. Well, that's only if he goes 8 or 9 innings. If you're one of these 5 inning pitchers and that guy went and he went more than 5 innings. But if you're starting pitchers one of these 5 inning pitchers, then I don't even want to hear that cliche to- momentum is tomorrow's. Get out of here with your little 5 inning pitcher. 
I, I hate all that. So I don't even agree with that, even though a lot of times I understand it, where it came from. But no, that was that was so baseball. That was just um, perfect. I do think, and we don't have much time here, but going back to the beginning of the hour, we're talking to Coach Deggs. The doubleheader does change things, especially bullpen wise. It can it can mess with you. So I think the you know whether it was LSU deserves credit. Well, of course, their bats, both Cajuns bats and UL bats, kind of protected the bullpen, but both bullpens did a little better than I kind of thought they would do having to play a doubleheader after a loss on Friday. That's it for the first hour. Man, poor Manny. Manny ain't been wrong too often, but he was wrong on that one. We'll uh, – hour number two next. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome. Back to footnotes, Kevin Foote. On the game, broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3-133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. Again, We've got lots of going on. If you want to talk about the NCAA tournament, certainly feel free to do that. You want to talk Cajun baseball, LSU baseball, college softball, you know, lots going on there as well. For the first time in three weeks, Cajun baseball, they don't have two midweek games, so got a little bit of a break. The Cajun softball team does play tomorrow in a midweek game before they head out to Virginia, man, I was looking at the schedule. Like Cajun baseball has to go to Marshall and to James Madison, and the um, the softball team has to go to James Madison too. So the schedule worked out kind of well in basketball, I thought, for the most part, and eh, not so not as well in terms of the traveling for baseball and softball. But that's all. Whole lot of uh, while you're on that topic, a whole lot of Twitter talk about James Madison feeling like they're going to be the team to end the streak. By the way, of uh, series victories, I saw a lot of that yesterday after the Cajuns uh, finished up their series. Well, I mean, I guess it's possible, right? I mean, we've said that it's possible, I mean, of course, but I, um, certainly it's you know it's going to happen eventually. And look, they didn't play Cajuns. Great. Look, yeah. did not play well at all this weekend. Like. They won the first game eight nothing, but six of those runs were just given to them by by sloppy play by App. So, um, you know, they didn't really earn very many of those eight runs, even though technically they did. I'm talking about in reality. I'm not saying there were any scoring issues there. I'm just saying it was just, you know, a run can be technically earned doesn't mean it was really earned. And so, um. They, um, they, you know, they've got issues, no question, and we'll get to that at some point. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Oh, you know, it was just funny. I turned on the radio about 15, 20 minutes ago. I heard on your radio station, your show that you host, somebody talking about Caitlin Clark. Go figure. They were, Absolutely. And I guess you didn't watch it, though. I, I did not watch it. Look, baseball season starts Thursday. 
And so my, my you know, I've got I, I got to use my time when I'm sitting there on Sunday nights, one of the rare nights Michelle and I can sit down and watch TV. Uh, there's no way I was going to be able to say you want to watch women's basketball with two teams you've never seen play before. Uh, no, there's no way that was going to fly. I got I got to save my moments for baseball season. I, I hear you. I hear you. But, Kevin, going back to the Cajun softball, you know, if James Madison is talking that crap, I don't know, you, Dawson said it was out on Twitter. Was it James Madison, Madison saying that? Or no, it was, no, it was more like of the this, fan base. Uh, it wasn't. In general, it was the fan base and, and the media around. It wasn't that team, you know, it wasn't players or coaches or anything like that. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure our, our, our coach out there, Ms. Gla- Mr. Glasgow, probably heard that. And, you know, he does, He likes to use uh, motor, um, like to motivate his team in a certain ways. So uh, be careful what you wish for, James Madison. Where, where, where are we playing them at? Over there? Yes, on the road. Oh. Yes, it's when on the road in, in, in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Yes, sir. Well, when you when – you, you've been doing something for a decade, Kevin, it's kind of like I feel kind of confident we're going to continue to do it. Even though we're playing bad right now, that's the way I look at it. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully they will. You know, we'll see. Uh, you know, they for the most part they pitch fine. Now, James Madison hasn't been playing at a really high level. You know, I don't know. They're they're not the James Madison of like three or four years ago. But we'll see. I mean, look, I didn't think Apple's a great team, but they could have won two out of these three. So we'll see. You know, going back to baseball, you know. Uh, or Julian Brock is something else, Kevin. Hmm. No, let me tell you something. You know, he would, uh, his first part of his career with the Cages, he always seemed like he would hit the ball hard and always find a glove. Yeah. But they ain't finding a glove now. They're finding outside the park now because that cat is good. No, he's he's a great kid, and, uh, you know, he's a great player, no question. It's, uh, it's fun to watch him. All right, y'all have a good day. Take care. All right, I want to I wanna ask, I thought about this over the weekend. So, of the three sports, and we'll just, we'll just, for now, just narrow it down for the sake of conversation. You know, college men's basketball, NBA, Major League Baseball, college baseball, NFL, college football. Of those six... If they replayed, like, let's say, you know, they replayed the NFL playoffs. They replayed the NBA playoffs. They replay, I don't know, I guess you'd say the whole NCAA tournament. That's a little more dramatic. Or, or replay the um, the um, Final Four in college football, the college football playoff. How would you rank them one through six on the likelihood that you'd have a different champion? Well... So, so we're talking the professional and collegiate versions of football, basketball, and baseball. Yeah. Well, you gotta, you gotta give me whether you're doing the whole tournament or not. Because if you did the whole NCAA basketball tournament, you'd have a different winner almost every time. I think. You I guess think- not. I guess I don't know. Sometimes the the best teams went out, but like I think that that one would be one. First of all, I think bas- the basketball tournament. Oh, I think NBA is one. Oh, I think the best teams win in the NBA all the time. Exactly. Right. Oh, so you're saying least like most likely is number one. Most likely, well, I guess it depends same, which way. Yeah. Okay. I, I think the most. I think the most likely to have the actual champion is the in, the no, same yeah, champion I, I is agree the with NBA. You then. I'm saying the the college basketball's last. What do you think is two? Probably. 
Probably the NFL playoffs would be two for me. Oh, I think the NFL. I think college football. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I guess I guess you're right there. I didn't think I wasn't even. I don't know why I didn't even go to college football first in my head. Um, and you could argue yeah, college football. You could argue won. that one. Yeah, you could argue that over the NBA. You could argue college football's one, but I, I think those are. I think those are far and away one yeah. and two, and no yeah. one else is even close. Right, and I think I think college baseball is easily second to last, and I think college basketball is last. Although you could maybe make an argument to flip baseball because it's baseball. So, like we've said so many times, but I do think the number one seed never gets there right. in baseball. Right, and so now I think there's a couple. Of, yeah, so I might put baseball there. I don't baseball and because again, it's 64 teams, and I mean you have the chaos that's already involved with 64 teams anyway. Um, but then it is baseball, and if you have a, bad, a couple of bad days, I, I, I talked on RP3, this LSU team is starting to somewhat remind me of Vanderbilt a couple of years ago, and they're completely different teams because Vanderbilt had you know Leiter and Rocker, the two ace pitchers, where yeah. I said, how are you going to beat this team twice in a tournament? I just don't see how anybody's going to do it. And it took all the way to the College World Series Championship Series, and then they won game one, and then Mississippi State just crushed them in the last two games. LSU's getting to that point offensively for me where I'm saying, how is a team in a tournament going to beat this team twice? Because if you beat them once, which we've seen a couple of teams do now, Arkansas beats them on Friday, beats their best pitcher, should be in position to win the series. And Arkansas is a top-10 team. And they just had they had no shot in the second two games. Yeah, the pressure's just different when you get in the postseason. Yeah, and that's, that's going to be what it comes pressure down to. And again, I guess the Vanderbilt one was more foolproof, so to speak, because the pitching you can count on a little bit more, whereas... LSU's pitching, they can give up 10 runs on a given day against an SEC offense. So that's And where the book on each hitter is is bigger in the postseason than it is right now, too. So Yeah, but I don't think anybody's getting Dylan Cruz out, no matter how big the book is. It's unbelievable. Let, I know this is not the major leagues. I know it's still college, but baseball gets you out. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, his average is going to go down. Baseball's he's still hit, undefeated. He's not going to finish hitting over 500 this yeah. season. But also, I think teams are going to get to the point where they're done pitching to him as in any chance they have, which I guess some teams are already kind of to that point. He's walking a ridiculous amount. His on-base percentage is almost 700. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's going to come down. That, that, that's, that's, you know, that's not reality. But no. So who would, you put, who would you put third or most likely to repeat? So what do we have left? We have NFL, the NFL and the MLB. I would put NFL as more likely to repeat because baseball is baseball again. I think that's... Baseball is going to be the two of the three bottom slots for me, just because of how how it is. It's it's baseball. I mean the the Astros should have beat the Nationals in that series, obviously. And I think if they played that series again, they probably win it. Um, the Braves one was a little bit. The Braves were playing really well at the time, but like there's so many baseball series where you sit there and go again. If Jordan Alvarez doesn't hit the homer in Game One, who knows if the Astros even get past the Mariners? I mean, because that that series changes when you lose Game One, so. That's baseball, and I think that's always going to be the most unpredictable, which is why I don't understand why we keep expanding the baseball playoffs to let more mediocre teams have a chance to get hot and win a World Series. You're supposed We play 162 games for a reason. We're supposed to weed out the bad teams. I agree. But now I hate we're, expansion. We're further, and further, they're further. fixing to add two more teams. That's what I'm saying. We're getting further and further. I hate expansion. Like, it's just it's ridiculous to me, and I've said this about the NBA, which at least in the NBA, though, like we're talking about right here, the best team generally wins out anyway because you're playing seven-game series in basketball where it's tough to just have these fluky results. But in baseball, we know anybody can win a seven-game series or a five-game series or a three-game series, and we're just going to keep letting these 84-85 win teams in, and they're going to be – so I just – I don't know why we're doing that, but that's what they're going to do because it's going to make them more money. So, 
Uh, and 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 it's about interest and 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 all and keeping people interested in all of that. Um, the Pelicans. I mean, I don't know whether to believe it or not. It seems like every time I, I'm like, okay, uh, they were right. I was, you know, my early optimism and that it was too early was wrong. And then just when I think that, then they start winning. Yeah. So. The, there is reason for optimism because obviously they've played their best four-game stretch since when they were in the top of the conference. But I would still say, if you look at who they've beaten in this stretch, they beat three terrible teams and a Clippers team that doesn't have Paul George. So yes. they haven't done, and if they win tonight, they're going to beat a Blazers team that's very likely not going to have Lillard and maybe a couple other starters. They they threw out like a G League roster the other night. In their but game, again, this is game. not college football. We're not playing for style points here. Yeah, no. The, and, and so there is – but my point being, even if they win tonight, I still don't know if we've figured out if they're fixed long term. They'll be in a great – they'll be in a much better spot in the standings than they were a week and a half ago. But we still haven't the seen them. The only thing them. that's going to fix them is if Zion comes back and stays healthy. Ideally, yes. the only yes, thing that but, can fix them. But there is the hope that – happened at the end of last year where you played well without him. And I think if they do that, they still got to win a couple more games before he quote-unquote gets back if that happens. So tonight, I don't think he's going to tell us much again. Although the the biggest thing that was encouraging about the Clippers game, you played a decent team. They didn't have you know one of their best players, but they're still a pretty good team. And you beat them on the road. And the Pelicans haven't looked good on the road in a long time. Yeah, but again, you made 75 three-pointers. You, you can't yeah. do that every No, game. yeah, you, you can't. But So that's why I'm saying at the same time, yeah, you should be optimistic because they could have lost some of those games because they've proven they can lose to anybody recently. But there's no reason to get fired up about this playoff run just yet because they haven't really beaten anybody great in this run either. So we'll see after they play the Blazers and then they play Golden State, I think. That's when you'll start to say, okay, is this for real or not? But the the craziness that is where they are now in the standings compared to where they were a week and a half ago it's it's insane and that's it, it, just it, how the west and then is. and then lebron comes back plays okay and anthony davis takes eight more shots than i did and they lose so it's like you know you can't figure all that stuff out but anyway we'll take a timeout and be back this is footnotes on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros a recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station than going to the dentist take that dental hygiene this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. All right. There are two issues that we haven't discussed yet that have the potential to cause me great consternation. Isn't that a great word? Consternation. I, um, if anyone understands fully the Astros viewing TV viewing situation, please let me know. Like, I, I don't, if you look at the, Ash, if you go to the Astros website and you press TV schedule, according to that, there are going to be nothing 
no Astro games on TV other than the national games. I don't believe that, but again, you read some stories and like the sky is falling and then you talk to some people and it's like, well, there's nothing to worry about. Nothing's going to change. I just need to know. Like, you're really playing with my emotions here. Like, I got to know what's going on. And every, I've searched, and I mean, I just don't know what's going on. I don't know what the deal is. Apparently, AT&T is not under Diamond Sports, the, the, that organization that's filed bankruptcy and got a lot of other teams, but it's going out of business, too. So everyone keeps saying, well, you know, nothing's going to change. Well, then if nothing's going to change, how come it's not, how come we're the week we're three days away from the opener? Like it's time to settle this and tell me what the plan is. I mean, uh, are the Astros? I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe nothing is going to change. Just tell me a hundred percent official that that nothing's going to change. Got to know. All right, that's potential consternation issue number one. Consternation issue number two is we kind of put the Lamar Jackson to the Falcons thing on the back burner for a while. We complain. I obsessed about it for a while. The more you hear, and I kind of got comforted by this concept that he, they were gonna, they were gonna, you know, tra- franchise tag him, and at least for one year we were gonna get a reprieve. But I, you know, every sign points towards. Lamar Jackson is not playing with the Ravens anymore. Like every now again, just because you hear stuff, don't make it so. We understand that, but but it it just seems ugly. And again, it's impossible when you represent yourself. It's impossible for it to not get personal. That's the thing. Like it's kind of like I always talk about arbitration. It's just so personal. Arbitration is an awful thing. To, to sit in a room and have the, your team tell you why you don't deserve the money that you think you deserve because they got to say you do this wrong, this wrong, and this wrong. Think about that. That is awful. And when you represent yourself, it's going to get personal. It just will. And that's just human nature. That's just the reality of the situation. So um, I'm really worried. I hope he goes to the Texans. I hope he goes to the Colts. You know, some people, Bill Belichick's been fascinated with the running quarterback for a long, long time. I Go to the Patriots. I don't care. Just stay away from the Falcons. Just stay away from my division. That's what I need to happen. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Well, I don't know what consternation is, but consternation number three is you don't have anything to worry about with the Astros. I don't see where anybody's made a move on the Astros this offseason. Nobody. Um, well, again, I think the Mariners are going to be better. I think the Rangers are going to be better, but I hope they're not well, as good they, good they enough to beat the Astros. You know, I mean, Texas has got to get better. What did they finish last year, 35, 40 games out? <laughs> I mean, come on, Kevin. <laughs> all right, you know, now, I, now I'm glad you called, Larry, because, I'm and again, I'm not being negative here at all. It's not it's not a Yankee issue. It's a baseball issue. But it's funny how I've never really been able to reconcile this. Okay, so, uh, like, I don't, I don't know how much you pay attention to spring training. I don't pay attention to spring training because I don't think it means anything. And we don't pay attention to veterans' numbers because they've been there. The problem is then you have guys like Anthony Volpe who make the team because they have a hot spring. 
spring training, which a bunch of at-bats that we all say means nothing. So, like, how much stock can you put in when a guy does well, but he has to do well to make the team? So it's kind of a a catch-22 there. So you're going to apply that stuff first if he belongs or not. You know, because you're not going to see some of those rag-arms that are uh, going to be set down this week. Um, I don't know. I I got a Yankee preview for you Thursday morning, and it's not good. It's not going to be good. So. I don't know who you picked to be on your fantasy team. Listen, I didn't call to talk about the Yankees. I want to talk about LSU baseball. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Have you seen the Friday night guy yet? I've heard him on the radio and then ooh and ah about him, but I've not actually seen him pitch, no. Well, you need to to watch this guy. At least for one inning, find some time to watch him for one inning. He's fabulous. Listen, we caught a little break on Arkansas this weekend, Kevin. What Van Horn has done, he doesn't have a lot of pitching. He's got like two or three guys, and after that, there's a big drop-off. So he took his Friday night guy, who's a left-hander, he's got the second-best ERA in the league, and he put him in the bullpen. <clears throat> well, he brought him in a good spot Friday, all right, and he saved the game for him. And then when he, so what he does with him is if he doesn't have to throw a lot of pitches with him on Friday, he comes back and start him on Sunday. Well, they changed it to a doublehead on Saturday, which meant he was done. Yeah. 52 pitches on Friday. Yeah. So, if you don't have much after them two, then they were in trouble all day Saturday. They couldn't bring him back on Sunday. I'm not saying we couldn't have beat him on Sunday, but it it would have been tricky because he's pretty damn good. So, we kind of caught a break there with that game getting moved up. But, Kevin, you got to do yourself a favor and Try watching watch an inning or two of this guy. If he's not the first guy taken in the draft, I don't know who he's going to be. Yeah, I haven't heard one negative thing about him. And, yeah, it seems like he's going. if he's not number one, he'll be in the top two or three for sure. Right. And he got Grambling tomorrow. So, you know, that'll be a seven-inning fiasco. <laughs> that one is not going to last too long, Kev. Well, my, the two guys I pick are Nestor and Holmes, the closer. You don't think they can be good? Yeah. Yeah, I think you picked a couple of good ones there, but you know, there's certainly some guys that you gotta stay away from and it looks like you did. But I'll give you a preview on Thursday. I'm just telling you, I don't like this team this year. I don't think we've improved at all. In fact I think we we you know, there's a little regression there to tell you the truth, but you know, we'll talk about it on Thursday. All right. Thanks, Larry. All right. No, but what I was talking about was um What's his name? Oswaldo Peraza, all all signed. He came up in the last season. All signs pointed towards him being the opening day shortstop for the Yankees. And they were going to send Volpe down, their other minor league hot shot prospect at shortstop. And he had such a great spring that they, I think it was yesterday, they named him, the sometime over the weekend, they named him the starting shortstop in um, – you know, we'll see. I mean, it's you know, it's a rookie starting for the first time. Who knows what's going to happen? But it's still kind of amazing because forever we have this impression. You know, the Yankees try to buy everything, and the Yankees are not really doing that anymore. That the punks are now the Yankees, and even the punks took an off season off because they're trying to save all their money to get Shohei. So interesting. I, I think it's going to be a fascinating baseball season. I know we're three days away, but I. I think it's going to be a fascinating. With all the rule changes and all these teams that seem set up to win, they're not all going to win. And so I, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think I have, I guess, good news for you. 
um, about the Astros television networks. Um, Sean Pendergrass wrote the article of the Houston Press, just to make sure we get that. But uh, it's it, it looks like the Astros and the Rockets are trying to buy AT&T Sportsnet. Did you see that? And, yeah, but, but, but trying. But again. as of so as of while that process goes on, the games are going to continue to air on AT&T Sportsnet. And if they do buy it, um, the Astros, of course, would then kind of become what the Yankees, Red Sox, who have their own networks would be. And, I, you know, I'm sure that's all going to go into the negotiation process about whether the contracts with, you know, the different, you know, YouTube TV and DirecTV stream and all those companies, whether those contracts remain in place or not. I guess that would just all be a part of the negotiation. But uh, I would imagine they would do their best to, to remain on the services that they're on um, unless they went out and tried to become their own streaming service. But I... I would think even in that case, worst case scenario, they would maybe make it purchasable separately. Now, we, when we get into that, which the way the MLB does their blackout it's restrictions awful. is horrific. Yes. And so I don't, that's always, that was always an issue for me trying to like just pay to watch the Astros. And it was like, well, no, even if you buy the whole MLB package, you don't get, you don't the, get Astros. the Astros. Cause, so I'm hoping that doesn't become an issue again. But yeah, so for now, it looks like AT&T Sportsnet. And as long as that process goes on, the games are still going to be on. So, M, is what I'm hearing is that we could be okay this year, but we could be in trouble next year. I guess. But I mean, in theory, that deal could get done during the season, though. I mean, because wasn't it the the Bally Sports deal when the Pelicans were on Fox Sports and it just became Bally Sports like one day to the next? It was like, hey, now it's on Bally Sports. And the channel was the same, and but then they just kind of changed mid-year. So that could happen theoretically. But, I, yeah, I don't think it's just going to – go away from your cable package one day to the next. I would imagine they're going to keep it on. Now, I did hear, I think I understood this right. Last year they started doing these Apple games. Yeah, those are going to be They were free, though. but now you got they're going to charge you for the Apple game. Yeah, yeah, it's 6.99 a month I think it is or something like that. And so yeah, that that looks like those are and the Astros are already scheduled for I think two of them, the 21st and the 28th. So Just um, two all season? Well, I don't know if they have the that's the two I saw. I didn't look throughout the whole season. I don't know if they're planned out for the whole season yet or not, but those two, at least in April, I know for a fact. So yeah, that's kind of a bummer. But I mean I, on Friday nights, I like to watch MLB Network anyway and just watch like, you know, MLB tonight going around all the games. So that's what I'll do on those nights. But yeah, that's that's I rarely do that, but when I do I really enjoy I I like I like the way they yeah, and there's handle. a and you've got the different crews they use, you know, and sometimes there's certain crews that I really like. All the people combined, like I really like when uh, Harold Reynolds and Dan Plesac go back. And I like forth, Plesac. So, yeah. yeah, he's a little silly sometimes, but for some reason his silliness doesn't bother me. Some people's silliness does, but his doesn't. I I, I like him. Good thing. By the way, we don't have time to get into this, but flipping through the channels right before I went to bed last night, they had. Um, I don't even know what I think it was an ESPN thing. It was on ESPN. They had a uh they called it the Uncivil War and, and they were going through the Yankees Dodgers 77 and 78 when they went back to back World Series. I I enjoy watching that stuff. Good 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 stuff. I didn't see all of it, but I saw a snippet of it. It was it it, it was good stuff. All right, we'll take a time out and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Footnotes. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. The game hotline 706-0111. If you would like to get in. But yeah, in addition to all this other stuff going on, Major League Baseball starts in three days. Um, and, you know, so we'll be talking about that a little bit. Again, the way that typically works, even though, you know, we're both Astro fans and we are an Astro station, so the Astro talk never really dies down. But the overall major, after, you know, you get through the newness of opening day, you kind of put that on the shelf unless something really unique happens um, for mo- for the most part. And then we'll be hot and heavy for the next month and a lot of NFL draft talk in addition to following the college baseball and softball. Um, and so we're, we're getting closer to the end. We haven't talked much NFL draft and uh, that, that, that that's coming. We, we, we hint at it here and there. Um, you know, that that's coming. The other thing that happened over the weekend, and we'll talk more tomorrow and Wednesday is Cajun softball, and they lost the game. And, you know, they lost the game because they didn't hit and they didn't play good defense when they needed to. Um, I got to tell you, I know there are a lot of people out there that think they they have a really strong opinion about what should be happening with that team. If Coach Glasgow came to me tomorrow, which he's not going to do, and said, Kevin, what should I do? That's not going to happen. But if he did, I would have some strong opinions. But, like, my strongest opinion, and look, I understand we're dealing with, we're not, you know, we're dealing with a young team whose confidence levels and all that stuff are fragile. And my my biggest thing is Matty Hayden needs to be in the infield. I, I just think whether it's third or short, and I'd really prefer at third probably, but I I think she needs to be I think she her her skills and her hands are so good that she's wasted in left field to me. I'd prefer at third. I mean, she had a crucial error at short though. And, she did. And it, so, but the one thing I would say, the thing that I know that I'm confident needs to get settled at some point, and it just hasn't, is the left side of the infield's got to get figured out. But to your point. Other than maybe putting Maddie at third and then kind of figure, I don't know if there is a clear answer there. It's not like they have because Sissy's probably the best defensive option, but she can't. She hasn't hit. And yeah, she's presumably not going to hit. So can you DP for her sometimes? Yeah, I guess you can try and work something like that out. But that's when Carly pitches when Carly can hit. But you know, obviously Kendra and and Sam aren't going to hit, and Megan's not going to hit. So you can't do that I, often. I don't think like, you can play Jordan Campbell in right field. Like she's. She's just not comfortable at all in right field. And I know she had some exper- prior experience before she came here. I don't know. I didn't ever see her play at AM that I can remember, but she's just not a right fielder. Now, the pro- and the problem is she's not even hitting nearly as good as she did last year. So I, I just don't know. I mean, I. Look, if you don't want to play Carly Heat and right because she's so because she can pitch, I get it. But I, I just I'm more confident that Carly Heath is going to make the play in right than Jordan Camp. The other problem is, what do you do with Sophie and Victoria Valdez? Again, th- these are not. 
And then, I mean, I'm sold as Alexis a second baseman, but Alexis not hitting either <laughs> at all. And so it that, that whole situation, I don't think it's an easy answer. And and yes, and Saturday, Coach Glasgow said, "Well, that's it. We lost the game, so we got to set the lineup." That's fine to say, but set it to what? I mean, yeah, that's 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 what I would say. Too. I mean, I again, just... set it to what? Because even what we call offensive lineups, most people would consider Alexa Langley's for instance. And I'm not picking on Alexa; she's just in a slump right now. That happens. But there's a lot of quote-unquote offensive players that aren't really hitting. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just think you just have to trust that they're gonna, the girls who aren't hitting are going to come out of it, and you yeah. just have to hope for the best. I don't want to be Debbie Downer today, but um, we've talked a lot about that streak, and again, it doesn't, you know, it depends who you talk to about how much it means and stuff. I think it's awesome, though, and they, they're going to put the graphic out for it every week until it ends, right, the new one with the new number on it. I don't know if you're going to get through this this conference slate because this conference is just better than it's been in the past. It's not great. It's not like a I, – I don't know. I Maybe I shouldn't say it's not great because it's really good. Marshall's at the top at 4-0. Uh, Marshall's blown out everybody they've played in Sunbelt play. They're 27-3 and overall. I know they haven't played much, but they you know there's something to say for winning that many games like we talk about in basketball. JMU's 5-1. and You'll get them this weekend. Again, they're all fired up about that series. They think they've got a shot. Uh, South Alabama's five and one in conference play. Troy's four and one in conference play. Like there's a lot of now. There's some teams at the bottom which you've already played a couple of them. Southern Miss is zero and six, and App State. We'll see. They don't look like they're the great team. And Georgia State struggled. And Texas State though was supposed to be pretty good. They're one and four in conference. So that's funny. Um, you know, I, look, I, I think this team wishes this streak didn't exist. Okay. And, and I don't really think they even enjoy talking about it or ever think about it other than when people ask them about it. Um, and you don't want to lose, but you, you kind of want that streak to not be discussed anymore. Um, you know, and, and I'm not so worried about the streak as I am, them just maintaining a healthy RPI somehow through this whole process. And, and then figuring things out at the end of the year and getting hot. Really, it's all about whether you're playing well. It's about getting it figured out with about two weeks to go in the season. And so there's still plenty of time to do that. But I'm all I'm saying is a lot of people act like this is an easy solution. And the, the concept of setting a lineup sounds easy. Sounds like the the way to do it, but you still have to set it to what? I mean, yeah, and, and your your comment about the RPI yesterday's loss they dropped from eleven to sixteen in the RPI with one loss, and yeah. that's what. And App State again, we talked it wasn't a horrible RPI team, but when you're at the top and you lose a game to a team you shouldn't have lost to at home, that's where you're going to drop to. So they've, you know, the whole hosting thing. Maybe the Sun Belt helps that this year, and it doesn't matter, but. You're only a few losses away from not really being in that conversation anymore, unfortunately, even though, you know, I don't know if that's fair or not. That's just the nature of oh, the way the other conferences Jerry Glasgow knows it. If you saw the look on his face after they lost that game Saturday, I yeah. felt, you know, it was, he was just crushed, just crushed. So, again, we'll talk more about that as the week goes on. I, all I'm saying is I don't know that there is an easy answer because almost anything that you do 
other than the only thing I'm convinced of is that in my mind, and I understand there are a lot of reasons why decisions are made. In my mind, Maddie's Hayden's hands are too good to be playing left field. They just are. But that's me. All right, we'll do this. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Talk more to you on the other side. Stay tuned. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The little MVPs. The little MVPs. Now, a Major League Baseball team that struggles to win games despite having multiple MVP winners on its roster. Also known as the Los Angeles Angels. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to uh, get in, uh, there's still a few minutes left as we finish up, about to finish up Monday. Again, Mondays are gnawing a lot this time of the year going on over the weekend. We touched on the Pelicans and a little bit of the NBA and talked a little bit about college basketball and had an argument. Again, it's kind of a momentous day. Manny and I don't disagree that often, but we vehemently disagreed today. He thought it was a good call at the end of the um, Creighton-San Diego State game. And, of course, it's a free country. People have the right to be wrong, and uh, Manny certainly has that right. I um I don't you know I, I don't hear too many people thinking that it was but again that it's um it's 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 a it's a fascinating point to debate and it's funny that Rory brought up the example of from the I think that was year two might have been year one it was either year one or year two and it's either ninety seven or ninety eight when the when the top twenty eight came to the Cajun Dome. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it was Ellender and and Shaw and uh, or Cohen maybe it was a it was a New Orleans green team, okay. Pretty sure it was Shaw, but I could be wrong. And, my whole and family went to Shaw, so I can ask him. Huh? Almost everybody in my family graduated from Shaw. So oh, I'll okay. Ask him. I'll yeah. ask him and see. It was it was a um it was just a, a play at the very end. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. He was good. No more. I think it's Cohen Green too. Yes, they yeah. were in our district. Now you got all kinds of teams I'm familiar with. Might have been Cohen. Might have been. I don't know. We used to play our basketball team was in their district and um those were some crazy games. They had like the the biggest, loudest sound system and they would play like just like a they'd have like a DJ in between timeouts. Yeah. It was always tough to go play at Cohen's gym. So there's your uh your uh, New Orleans high school. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's cool. I, I, I like getting that kind of flavor. So it was, um, you know, again, it, it, it's not. It, it's a. I, th- I I think it's not a swallow the issue. You know, I think that the the issue with that particular example that Rory brought up was: Do you call a foul with like a second to go? 
um, if it's not, you know, 2018 NFC Championship game. Uh, and, and that's a swallow the issue. I don't even think this one was a swallow the whistle issue. I think this one was a when you haven't called very many fouls the whole game and you've let them play the whole game, can you then call something that's not remotely? I mean, you know, I, he, did he have his hand on his? Yes, but he his hand didn't even touch his arm. I mean, did he have his hand on his body? Yes, he did. Um, but again, how much hand checking was going was allowed to take place the whole game, and I didn't see the game to be fair. But everyone that all the national guys all said that they let him hand check the whole game, and um, and that there were only seventeen foul shots taken in the game, and only twenty two total fouls called in the game. In other words, they were letting them play. So, again, um, you know. I don't have any great love for the Creighton Blue Jays. Although, you know, UL sports fans have some attachment. Uh, when In 2014, when the Cajuns made it to the NCAA, what, that, in that time when they, um, with Elford and Sean, they played Creighton. And, of course, the football team, when they made their return to bowl play, uh, what was that, 2011, they, um, they beat San Diego State. So, different sport but they have some association here locally Cajun fans with those two athletic departments and that so that was uh, you know a lot of people are upset saying that they don't care that the ratings are going to be terrible um and again I, I don't I I I kind of think the same thing national like I love nationally or locally when people I root for what the common national mentality says is going to happen to not happen. So I love that. They call it, and when we talk about college football, we call it chaos, and that's kind of what this is. But again, should not have surprised us. It has surprised us. And, you know, I didn't even fill out a bracket, much less pick these teams to go. Miami is the only one I might have picked. Like, I, I really thought Miami was underrated. Uh, that would have been the only one that I might have picked had I fill out a bracket. But this was the year we said it going in, that there were more losses from the top seeds than there had ever been before and that there weren't any great teams. And so it was supposed to be this way, really. Uh, you know, And Miller hadn't played well for Alabama at all in this tournament. He, was, he played horrible. So for them to play a good defensive team, I don't think it's that – you know, that's surprising that they got beat. And so, um, you know, I kind of thought Texas was good, but Texas just had the misfortune of playing Miami. I think Texas would have beat a lot of these other teams who were left. But you play who's in your bracket. So that, that you know, again, um, uh, will the ratings be bad? I'm sure they will be. Um, Houston, you know, I guess, does that, if you're if you're the city of Houston, does that kill you? I, I I don't know that poor ratings kill the city of Houston. I I still think a lot of people will go. But I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's a big basketball fan last night. He said it's probably gonna be a lot easier to get tickets now. Like if you want to go and you're like, man, well we'll be able to get tickets. You probably could just drive over to Houston and get a ticket easier than if it would have been like last year's Final Four with North Carolina and all these teams in there, and Duke and all these teams in there. So I think it's kind of funny. 
I love it. I, I kind of relish these. Moments. Yeah, I no, I love chaos, and I will root for chaos when when uh, you know all else fails. So, um, I think I don't understand the take of people who don't think they're going to enjoy it. I think it's it's a chance to see different programs. We 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 were talking off air, joking like, do you people just like reruns? You don't like when your show has a new episode. You just want to watch the old ones over again. Like you've seen North Carolina in the final four a million times. What's going to be so exciting about seeing that? And if you're talking about the level of basketball, I always think that's what. Like, oh, you're that in-depth with it you can tell when high-level basketballs be playing you can tell when defenses are really differentiating themselves or when offenses are playing at a high level because you know the way they're running up like i it's basketball i enjoy it like when it's being played if it's a slugfest i'll enjoy it and when it's not i you know i will still enjoy it so i I, i'm gonna love watching florida atlantic in the final four you're never gonna get to see that again so so can uconn be beat Yes. No. Yeah. They can be beat. I mean, they're very good. I think they're the they're the most complete team right now, and they have the best player left, probably in Sonogo. But um, they they got to play Miami, who's probably playing the second best right playing now. Well, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they can be beat. But the other San Diego State's a team, and and then Florida Atlantic won 30, 30 games in regular season, thirty one games. So like, it's not like they're this St. Peter's style Cinderella. They were a very dominant team in Conference USA, which has two teams left in the NIT and a team left in the Final Four. Like, it's turned out to be a pretty good conference this year. Absolutely. All right. So, again, lots going over the weekend. Busy week coming up, and we'll get to more NFL draft talk for those waiting for that in time. Y'all have a nice day.